that the more they're around these beautiful things, you know, even our branding is very soft and feminine and muted. And the more they're around this, the more they start to soften. And the more they start to wear the jewelry, the more they start to soften. And then the more they're in community with other women who've already softened, the more they start to soften. Jewelry. I like it. Maybe you do too. Or maybe you know somebody who likes it. Christmas is coming, you know. But before you think you're on the wrong podcast, no, this is not QVC for Misfits, but we are going to talk about jewelry a bit today and treasures, as in people who often aren't treated as such. And I have the great pleasure of having this conversation with a beautiful young woman who knows a little bit about all of the above. Her name is Holly Hayes, and she is the founder of Sanctuary Project. It's a nonprofit jewelry enterprise. Oh, but it's not just any nonprofit jewelry enterprise. No, no, no. As you may have already guessed, because why else would she be here talking to me? So this is where the conversation really begins. So first of all, I just want to give you a very warm welcome to the Isle of Misfits, Holly. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Nancy. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I am so excited to have you here. And, you know, I, I was reading a little bit about you before we talked, you know, your your bio, right? And um, I learned a little bit about you. I understand uh, you have a husband named Jeff. And you I live... Do. She does. Okay. We've confirmed the first fact. All right. And uh, I also <laughs> understand you enjoy life on a hobby farm, uh, outside and a vineyard, not just a hobby farm, but a vineyard also outside of Austin. So, can we confirm this? It's a true. It's true. Okay, so far two for two. And uh, on this hobby farm, you had a chicken, a goat, a cow, and a dog, or maybe multiples. I'm guessing of all of the above. Multiples, multiples of all of the above. Yes, at at all least of, three of all the above. At least three of all the above, um, and one human daughter named Havana. Yes, if, just the one. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. A perfect, perfect human daughter, Havana. A perfect human daughter, three cows, three dogs, three goats, three chickens. I was going to throw a pig, but I don't see pigs in there, so that would be fake news. No, so. there's more than three. There's more than three of most of those animals. So do you want the full stats on each of them? Hey, you know what? This is your show. Go for it. Okay, so full stats. We, have, we do have three dogs and we do have three cows. We have seven goats. And Seven. 14 chickens. No, sorry, 16 chickens. We just took in two rescue roosters. Rescue Last roosters. Chickens. I love that you yeah, rescue so roosters. It's a bit of a rooster refuge. Yeah, uh, and a sanctuary, really, because that seems to be, yeah, really? yes, yes, a hobby <laughs> farm slash sanctuary. So, all right, so you got it. You heard it here first, folks. All the chickens, all the roosters, all of the above. So, as you may or may not know, and I think you do know, because I kind of gave you some heads up, we like to play what I like to call a stupid game around here. So I think we got to base yours on all the farm animals running around your house. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every stupid game should be based on farm animals. You know, I thought so, too. So thank you. We're already <laughs> on the same page. Okay, so mercifully, what I'm going to do for you, and only you today, we're running a special. I'm going to make this one real short. Okay, so it's just okay. one question. It's a personality test, if you will. Sort of a Rorschach farm animal personality test thing. So, okay. All right, you're ready. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm, you I'm sure? ready. 
Okay. All right. Because sure. here, here it comes. Here it comes. All right. <laughs> Which one of them, their farm animals, all the 14 chickens and whatnot that you have running around, your house, your yard, I don't know, some of them might be running around your house. We don't know. We haven't talked about that. But which one of those animals that you have there in Austin is the most like you? Oh, that's easy. So uh, we have a goat. We have a goat named Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. Jacqueline Kennedy. um, That is a classy sounding goat. Oh, she's a classy goat. And all, so all of our goats have president's names. So, um, nice. so Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis was, was one of our first goats. Our first two were, were Teddy Roosevelt and Jackie O. And Jackie O is, I mean, I think yeah, first you called it, you know, she's a classy goat. Um, but more than that, she has this sort of like introverted energy and she's a little bit standoffish. And, and Jackie got pregnant last year and, um, you know, she really didn't handle pregnancy very well. She was kind of like, she was kind of grumpy about it. And we were like, gosh, you know, is Jackie going to be a good mom? We really weren't sure. Um, but Jackie had her babies this spring. And let me tell you, we saw this whole other side of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. She is the best mama. She is so Mm. loving and so nurturing with those babies. She's so protective of them. Um, we've just seen her blossom into this beautiful mom and, you know, and she's kept her sort of elegance in, in the midst of all of it. And I, you know, I relate a lot to this. You know, I, I, I consider myself a bit of a classy lady. I'm, I'm definitely more reserved, more introverted, but I was worried I wouldn't be a good mom because I have so much trauma in my background. And, you know, I'm, I've, I've been a little bit sort of shut off in my life to love. And, and, uh, and when my daughter came, all of a sudden, this love came out of me, this nurturing came out of me that I'd never seen before. And, and Jackie and I, I mean, we just look at each other and we're like, girl, I see and you, know. you know, uh-huh, I mean, we, uh-huh, uh-huh. we, we definitely understand each other. So yeah, so that's been, that, that's, it's easy call, easy call. Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis is my, my spirit animal here on the Hayes Homestead. So you and Jackie, you and Jackie O, you got a thing going on. That we is, have a thing, we have a thing. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I love that answer. You couldn't have gone wrong any way you went, but but you know what? I think that was the best possible answer because it was your answer. Yeah, you know. Yes. Yeah, totally. And you know, I, I'm not Nancy Reagan. You know, Nancy Reagan is this whole different energy. She, <laughs> we knew she was going to be a good mom from day one. She, you know, she's a she's kind of a Nancy's kind of a helicopter mom. You know, well, of course. So, yeah. No, yeah. Well, what else it would she be? Yes. Jackie. And she, yeah, and she's and she's running campaigns all over. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, wow. So here's yeah. the question: though. How did Jackie and Nancy get on? Are there, is there tension? Is oh, there is there drama? Yeah. They? yeah, yeah, they had yeah. some issues because they actually had. So they got pregnant the same day. Um, we took them over to a neighbor, and actually, you can find this on my Instagram. We actually documented the breeding, the goat breeding, and it's called the Goat Book. The and goat so, book. if um, like the note, like the notebook, uh, ex- um, of course, goat. yeah. Because it was a, it was a rainy day, and and they, and they went over to breed with the neighbor goats, and um, you know, and and uh, and so they both got pregnant on the same day, and so they ended up giving birth within within a couple days of each other, maybe a day uh, apart from each other. But Jackie had her babies first, and then Nancy had hers. And when Nancy had her babies, she got mean. She oh, got the, mean well, the, I mean, the competition was, alone. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, sweet Jackie was just uh, ever the lady, you know. Ever the lady, Jackie O, was um, just just stayed in her lane and, and took care of her babies while while Nancy was running around screaming, "Just say no, just say no!" And, you know, <laughs> so it was. <laughs> uh, 
I was waiting for that, and I'm so glad you were the one that brought that out. That's awesome. There you go. That is there just was. amazing. All right. So, so my my elegant, introverted, nurturing, protective, beautiful mama, goat loving friend. That was such an awesome answer. Hey, he, this is this is what you don't know. You got a mug coming your way because that's the prize for playing my stupid game. It's not just to There's be stupid. Prize? There's a prize involved, oh. and it's coming to you sometime soon. Coming to your to your door. It's so to me and Jackie, I, I'm going to have to share the prize with her. I mean, we'll have to share that mug for sure. Well, you know, and you do you do what you and Jackie do because I know in your yeah. heart it'll be the right thing. So coffee, tea, whatever elegant drink that you choose, with or without the Jackie O sunglasses, you know, it's it's up to you. It's your prize. <laughs> I can't wait. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. I'm just honored to have won. Um I didn't I didn't prepare an acceptance speech, so I don't even know how to handle this this win, but um but I, I just want to thank all the little goats that made this possible. And they thank you as well. So <laughs> This is just I'm just saying we we could we could probably spend the rest of this podcast just talking about the goats. And yet I yeah. know, I know, yeah, and, and I think I gotta have you back for that show. So tune in people. Um but but while we're here, we might as well talk about, you know, some of these other things that you know yeah. that you're that you seem to be involved with besides goats, besides chickens and and whatnot. You um you have this thing called Sanctuary Project. So um let's start there you and your jewelry what's so special about your jewelry well i think first of all um all the jewelry is absolutely beautiful everything is designed with the word sanctuary in mind and so you're going to see um stained glass pieces and uh and you know deconstruction of of coins and um you know religious icons and symbols throughout history um, we have a collection called the Chain Breaker Collection that's about breaking chains off of women. And, uh, and more than anything, I think uh, it's the meaning behind what we're doing and, and who, it, who we're employing. Every single person at Sanctuary Project is a survivor of trafficking, violence, and, and addiction. And uh, I came out of that life almost 20 years ago. It'll be 20 years in February. And really felt after years of mentoring other women coming out that there was a gap in terms of reintegration to society through employment. And so I built Sanctuary Project to be a place that women could come in, uh, maybe without a high school education or without a college education. They could come in and, um, you know, with a criminal record and that this would be a place where they could start to rebuild their lives, rebuild their hearts in community with other women. And so every single person on our staff from our, from me and our director of operations running the business all the way to our social media manager and then down to the women packaging and making the jewelry, every single woman we employ is a survivor. So it's just such a special place and every single piece is um, you know comes from that heart and comes from that mission and supports that mission a hundred percent of our of our profits go to supporting our mission of providing job training and employment to survivors and here's what you didn't mention probably because you're so humble and unassuming like Jackie O uh, that sanctuary project was named business to watch by awesome women magazine right in 2020 am I right am I making this up yes 
No, that's not fake news. That's true. We, we, um, we're so honored. We're so honored by the support of the city of Austin. You know, Austin's been a really great place to start a business and a nonprofit. This city just loves to support female entrepreneurs and even faith-based businesses. And so we've just been so, so honored by their support. And, and to be named a business to watch in 2020 is pretty special as well. You know, it's been a, it's been a tough year for a lot of businesses, but we've actually oh, yeah. seen unprecedented growth. We've seen, we've seen oh, growth yay. beyond anything we could have we could have dreamed this year so it's but yeah it's pretty special that's awesome that's amazing and here something um something that i i read in your description i love this description that they can unleash their creativity embrace their femininity and heal their hearts i mean what jewelry does that i ask well in some ways all jewelry right you know i mean i think what I love about jewelry specifically is is that it just makes you feel so feminine and beautiful. It doesn't matter, you know, what size jeans you're wearing or whether you have makeup on that day or not or whether your hair is done. You can put on a pair of earrings and a beautiful necklace and just feel fierce. And and so I love that about jewelry. I love that jewelry, you know, is it's sizeless, it's age, it's ageless, it's, um, you know, it, it can make any woman feel beautiful. And so these women working with, you know, our team working with jewelry day in and day out, they're getting to experience that sense of, of elegance and femininity and elevated design all day long every day. And what's so cool is I watch a transformation happen in their hearts from the time they come in to the time, uh, you know, after maybe I would say three months that they're with us. Um, usually the women come in and, and they're hard. Their hearts are hard. Um, they'll say, well, I'm not a girly girl. I don't wear jewelry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then over time, they'll start to fall in love with one or two pieces and, you know, and, uh, and they get a, a very hefty discount. And so often they'll take advantage of that very hefty discount to get some of our pieces and, and they'll start wearing jewelry a little bit. And then they'll start maybe dressing up a little bit and, you know, and, and going from that woman who's maybe fresh out of incarceration and, and doesn't have very many clothes. And, and oftentimes we're don't, you know, clothing is donated to Sanctuary Project, which we love. And, and, and they'll start dressing a little bit more feminine and, mm. and I'll see them just over time start to become more comfortable and start to feel safe actually being their their beautiful god-given feminine selves and i see a softening start to happen and sometimes it actually happens from the outside in you know i think there's this messaging in society that says it can only happen from the inside out and i think there is a lot of truth to that in some ways but i a lot of times I'm seeing this happen from the outside in, that the more they're around these beautiful things, you know, even our branding is very soft and feminine and muted. And the more they're around this, the more they start to soften. And the more they start to wear the jewelry, the more they start to soften. And then the more they're in community with other women who've already softened, the more they start to soften until we all of a sudden have this team that's all you know, coming to work in pink. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> Where's my, where are these hard girls that I met in, in Travis County jail? They're all of a sudden these soft, beautiful, feminine women who have embraced their, their femininity and, uh, and their creativity and healed their hearts all in community with other women. Okay. Oh, wow. So I, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking, all right, you're making a compelling point. Um, because I started off by saying, you know, your jewelry and then he said no all jewelry does this so so here's i'm going to see if i can collate all my thoughts because there were about 12 of them in just what you said (laughs) you know just this idea so first of all the women that you bring so 
they're not just wearing this jewelry, they're helping to create it, which I think is pretty special. So they're, they're part of this, this creation process. Um, I'm going to put my finger on that because I have a question, but now I want to go back to what you just said about f- femininity and being soft and seeing that softness come over them because so often what we see, you know, with femininity kind of being, not kind of, but being under assault in so many ways mm-hmm. in our culture that our solution has been to steal ourselves up under it, right? To harden ourselves because I'm not going to let that yeah. hurt me. So, yeah, soft, yeah. no, soft means hurt. And yet you're seeing the opposite happen in their healing, which I just find amazing. It's really special. You know, God created us, man and woman, very individually. And I think he did create women to be soft and nurturing in a lot of ways. Not that we're not strong. I mean, holy moly, right. you have to be strong to go through childbirth. Uh-huh. Um, but, but our but our strength is different. Our strength, uh, our strength is um, comes from a place of of uh, true femininity, which is this like this comfortability in being who God created us to be. And so, yeah, it's it's pretty special to see women healing into softer and softer versions of themselves, especially in a society that says, you know, women need to be strong and women need to be empowered, and and this uh, this idea that empowerment and strength equals hardness and masculinity and right. and i think we're we're able to kind of turn that on its head and say no what if empowerment and strength actually means a softening and it actually means um letting letting go of all those defense mechanisms and saying i'm actually safe in the world i'm safe being my feminine self and i'm and i can actually encourage other women to to soften and heal from that place of femininity yeah okay so now, I, I usually work this into at least one one conversation or another, but my husband is an engineer, but it's relevant to this conversation because I'm thinking, even yesterday, we, we, he was talking about, uh, I don't know all the engineer terms, but he was talking about strength, right? And there's different there's different things that have different strengths, and, and even plastics, like there's these hard plastics that they're so hard that they're brittle, and under the, the right mm. tension, they'll just shatter. And, and there's mm. other kind of, you know, uh, plastics or, or other substances that have that flexibility that they are wow. quote, soft, you know, softer. And, and we don't often like equate the two of those things. We don't often say, you know, equate soft with strength. And yet in the engineering world, that's a, that, that is exactly what my much smarter husband was describing to me that it's not necessarily what we think on the surface. So I love, I love that you're talking about that. I love that you have these women discovering or or rediscovering or coming into comfort with who they really are and not having to reinvent themselves, right? And, and, and doing that by creating. So here, here's my question for you um, about this. So they help to create, do you, do any of them help to design some of your jewelry? Yeah, they do. And it's so much fun. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely the lead designer and I'm the one coming in with ideas, but I love getting feedback from our team. And, um, and so we have design sessions where I invite usually one or two women in to just get their opinions and, um, and say, is this something you like? And all of our women have sort of different, a different sense of style. And so I like to have a couple of different team members who have different, different styles involved in, in the design process. But yeah, and they love it. I mean, I think they feel so special to be invited into 
into that and and to and to be able to express their own unique style through design and you know and you talked about the you know the power of, of women making these things too you know what's so cool is that all day long our team sits together and this is in our job training program they sit together and they make beautiful things all day long and so that has to do something to the psyche right if all day long you're sitting and making beautiful things and and all day long you're handling beautiful stones and all day long you're 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 taking something that's in pieces and then you're turning it into something beautiful as, as time passes i just see this sense of pride and accomplishment and right. joy come over them because all day long they're making beautiful things and so right. if they've if they've heard messages in their life um you're worthless you mm. you know you're not valuable whatever whatever messages they've heard the message they're hearing all day at sanctuary project even if it's internal is i'm someone who makes beautiful things yeah I make beautiful things. oh my I make beautiful gosh things. I, I take beautiful things, things that are right. in front of me and I put them together into making beautiful things. And so what an incredible shift in identity, right? To like, oh my gosh. And what do you do for work? If someone asks them, what do you do for work? They say, I work for a jewelry company. I make jewelry. I make beautiful things. I make beautiful and what things. And what a shift, right? What a shift. Wow. And not only, yeah, am I that beautiful thing, but I make beautiful yeah. things. That is and it's so easy to believe you're beautiful. Yeah, it's so it's so easy to believe that you're a beautiful thing when all day long you're making beautiful things, right? Oh my goodness! You know, it, if only that this could be the message for women who are just hurting, right? That they're thinking yeah. the only way to have power is to become hard and brittle and terse and and fighting, you know. And and I understand why that happens because. This oh, is absolutely. this is a messed up world that we're living in. So it's it's not to you know we don't need to beat up anymore on people that have already been beat up. But this is such good news that you have. So I want to I want to kind of shift, not really away, but I I, I guess I want to go to the next part of this because you have this now, but you also have your own story, and and I want to hear a little bit about that story. In fact, I think I know enough that I know. Th- there was a really simple prayer that that maybe we could jump off of and that, you know, the three-word prayer, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, after spending seven years lost in addiction and, and violence and ultimately trafficking and uh, and then homelessness after my trafficker kicked me out, in February of 2001, I was on the floor of a public bathroom, and I was watching my tears hit the floor, and I just said, God, help me. And, you know, talk about the power in a three-word prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't believe in God. I had no experience with God. I didn't I didn't grow up in a family of faith. Um, I didn't know anyone who was, you know, a Christian or anything like that at that point in my life. And uh, and yet, somehow at the end of myself, the only thing I could think to, to say or to, to pray, I guess, I, I don't even know if I would have called it a prayer in that moment, but... Um, but that, that God helped me. It was, it was the end of myself and it was the beginning of surrender. And that very night I met someone who got me into a recovery program and I've been sober since that day and, uh, and safe since that day and got away from my trafficker and, um, and just started to, to be gifted this whole new life. There was a lot I had to work through and go through to, to heal. And, um, and I think for me, a lot of that journey was about becoming softer. And it was about letting go of the idea that the world was out to hurt me or that, um, that, I, couldn't, that I couldn't be vulnerable because I would get hurt. Um, you know, I, I was definitely, like you talked about, that brittle plastic. Gosh, I love that. I love that analogy. 
And, and so when, when life would hit me, it would run mm. up against my trauma and I, and I would break, you know? Mm. Um, and so it took a lot of, it took a lot of years of surrender and just surrendering, surrendering my sin, surrendering my pain, surrendering my trauma, um, allowing, allowing Jesus, allowing his word, allowing his spirit to just soften me and to, um, to rebuild me and to, to uh, get me to the point where I could see that because he makes beautiful things, I am beautiful. Um, and because, because he makes beautiful things, I can make beautiful things out of the traumas that, that I endured. And, and so it's been such a gift now to, you know, over the years I've mentored women, like I said, and, and seen other women coming out of this and, and just walked with them and, and seen what the challenges are and, and where the lies are about identity and where the lies are about, about rebuilding. And so it's been so exciting to, uh, for this to kind of culminate in the last three years in Sanctuary Project, which is this place of kind of recreating exactly what God took me through over that first you know, over that 17 years before I started it, um, just recreating this journey of, of him taking me from this hardened, lost, uh, criminal, homeless, trafficked girl to uh, a woman of dignity and self-worth and, um, and refinement and, uh, and healed and being able to then offer that to other women and being able to, to work from that place of understanding and knowing what it's like to a place of also being able to say, Hey, I know what it's like. I've been there and look at what I am today. And look at, look at, look at what my life is today. Look at what my relationship with Jesus looks like today and come join me. So it's like Jesus does something for us and then we get to do it for other people. Where have I heard that? Right. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. That absolutely what, what he's done for us, we can offer to other people. And I just, I just love you. You talked about, dignity right he took you from a hardened lost person doing criminal things to someone knowing your dignity knowing that that you have self-worth to a refined elegance beautiful nurturing mother who creates beautiful things if that's not restoration yeah I don't know what it is. And we all have that story. I have that story too, you know, and that's just it. We all have that story. And yet, you know, I I think wherever we're coming from, we we need to remember that story that we couldn't have done it for ourselves because if we could, we would have, right? We would have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and I love that you use the word restored too because I think, you know, it's not like I've, come into this different version of myself, right? I I didn't become a different person. I actually have just become the person I was always created to be. I I became the person that I was in my young childhood, you know, um, and, you know, this girly girl that, that loved all things sparkly and, and, uh, and beautiful and that, um, you know, that grew up in a good home from a good family. And, and I've become a restored version of who God created me to be. Um, right. I talk in the, in the jail to the girls and about what God desires for them and, and who he's created them to be. And that, and that as criminals, we were sort of living in this perverted version of it where God always created me to be a business person. But when I was lost in that criminal life, I thought it was you know, I was using it to be a good drug dealer. <laughs> and, right, right. Um, and you were probably and, good at it, you know? I was excellent. I saw margins. I was great at customer service. I right, right. Demand. So I was sort of... No, really. Over there. Right, because you were wired that way. Yep. Today. 
yeah, all the same principles I use today. And so it's so cool because it's like he doesn't change us. He doesn't turn us into a new person. He takes who we actually already are and who he created us to be, and he restores it to that God-given place and yeah. not the place that's been perverted by the enemy or by the world. And so, yeah, I love telling that story about selling drugs and, and how, um, you know, how good at it I was and how I did see, I, I thought like an entrepreneur. I saw opportunity. I saw what I needed to do to, um, to excel in it and to be better than the other drug dealers I knew I was in competition with and how I could market myself as someone that offered great customer service and that got back to you right away. And, uh, you know, and I, if I went to one city and sourced there, I was able to sell in another city for a better margin. And I, I saw all of that. And so it's so funny because I, I tell our girls that, and we actually put all our jewelry in these little tiny Ziploc bags that look like dime bags that we used to sell drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have like, we have these scales everywhere because we have to like weigh the, the jewelry, you know, for, for um, data and stuff to, you know, how many grams is it weighs. So we have like gram scales sitting around. So our workshop actually looks like a drug dealer's office but too. that's so what it so was hilarious. made for like, all God along. Just, yes. God just took this, this past and redeemed it for something so beautiful and even used this darkest, most, you know, most embarrassing and humiliating part of my life that, that I was a drug dealer and now is using it all for his glory and his kingdom. It's just so beautiful. It's my oh, favorite. Oh, I love it. I love, love, love it. You know, who you were always meant to be. You know, we, we talk a lot as, you know, in Christian circles anyway, you know, we, we, the, the term original sin, right? Um, and yet what you're talking about is God brings us back to the original glory that he made mm-hmm. us to be. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not uh, coining that. I, I've heard others say that before me, but I love that original glory because he created you for yeah. a purpose, right? He wired you for a purpose. And, and whatever life throws at you, whatever it does to derail us from that or take us or assault us from that, it's, nothing is beyond his ability to restore, to, to reach out to us, to heal, to bring the, the right people at the right time. And, the, just, and even his very self, when it seems like everyone has abandoned us, that he is a rescuer. I love your story. And your story has a name. A, there's a book with a name. So let's talk about that book and how, how can people get that book, From Basement to Sanctuary. It's so funny when you said your story has a book. I was like, yeah, the Bible, the gospel. So, yeah, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, that one. I was like, yeah, totally. The whole Bible, it's just my story. Right, and yeah. <laughs> um, so I love I that love book. It. That's my favorite book. Uh, so go get that one if you don't have that one yet. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, um, highly yes, recommend I did write a book as well. <laughs> I did write a book as well called From Basement to Sanctuary and um yeah and you can you can hear kind of the whole story there of of that journey of coming to Christ and and everything he did and and uh and those ways I partnered with him in surrendering and um and so it it's got exercises in it that you can do as well if there's something that you're working through in terms of healing that that you need to let go of um, you know, because I think we all have, we all have our sin. We all have our pain. We all have our trauma. Right. We've all been on that bathroom floor um, right. in, in, in our sin, right? I think every single woman probably can look back and be like, oh yeah, it was literally a bathroom floor and I was in tears. And then, mm-hmm. you know, at mm-hmm. some point our sin leads to tears on a bathroom floor if, uh, if unaddressed and unsurrendered. And so and that book has some great tools on how to surrender and who to surrender it to. Right, and you just talked about being, you know, being able to relate to that. So, yeah, some women can relate to the bathroom floor or not, but really what you're talking about, like, not not everybody has been trafficked, but 
everyone can relate to this, to some kind of hurt in their life, right? Everyone can relate Absolutely. to something yeah. that has happened. So there's something in this for, for all of us who have had some sort of hurt in our life to deal yeah. with and to be healed. Um, and even so, I do want to go back to this because we don't know who's listening. We don't know the situation of everybody who, who this podcast will get into their hands or this book that you've written will get into their hands or the jewelry that you're making. Some are in this situation specifically. And for those women who are in a, tra- in a human trafficking situation, we need, I just feel like we need to offer them some sort of hope, encouragement, something tangible. So, Holly, can you speak to them for a moment? Yeah. I mean, you know, what's so hard about this is there are probably women listening who are in this situation, and yet they may not even be able to identify that as mm. a trafficking situation. I certainly wouldn't have been able to when I was in that uh, when I was in that situation, I did not know that that was what was going on. I actually thought he was my boyfriend, and I thought mm. he was helping me out. And um, you know, and I I knew it was a violent relationship. I knew I was lost. I knew I was broken. I knew my addiction was out of control. And so I'm just going to speak to the lost right now because I know that there are um, there are women out there right now, and you're feeling like you're trapped in a relationship that you don't have the ability to leave. And, um, and I don't, you know, if that relationship is violent, if that relationship is connected to addiction, if that relationship is connected to sexual exploitation, I just want to say that there is hope, that there is a whole other life God has for you. And um, I want to give you the permission to walk away. You know, I wished that someone had given me the permission to walk away. And... Um, and, and I want you to reach out, you know, um, reach out to me specifically, please DM me, you know, send me, send me an email, um, reach out to someone, reach out to one person and let them know what's going on. I felt so all alone during those years and I, and I felt like I couldn't tell anyone what was going on because it just would have been too embarrassing. Um, but I can tell you that when I started to open up, no one shamed me. No one made me feel stupid for what had happened. They were just right there to help. And so I, I pray, um, in the same way I pray, God help me, I pray right now, God help you. God, send, send rescue, send aid, send mercy, and, uh, and, and send them to, to those that would help to care for them. Amen. Amen. You know, I love that you said reach out, reach out, because maybe, maybe I don't feel like I have permission to walk away, or I don't even realize that I need to walk away, but I can reach out from wherever I am. So, so, and I'm going to put your information on the show notes so that people have it, you know, if they, and if they hear it, um, and if they're just listening, so how can they get in touch with you? So you can find uh, Sanctuary Project online at, at sanctuaryproject.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at, at sanctuary underscore project. You can find me in the same places at, at Holly Christine Hayes. And, um, and then you can actually find our jewelry now on target.com, which is really exciting. We just That is really, uh, really exciting. Yeah. It's huge. It's such an incredible opportunity for our women. And every order that's placed through Target.com actually comes to us, and we're fulfilling it from our warehouse in Austin. And that so is every amazing. Order I love this. Love it. Yeah. 
It's, so it's just providing more job training and more employment for survivors in Austin. So whether you're shopping on sanctuaryproject.com or target.com, our ladies are uh, are being employed and uh, and that order is going to come from them. And so, so yeah, find us in all those places. Oh my gosh. So you really can do your Christmas shopping at Target. Yes. For you. That's awesome. Yeah, that is so it, right? awesome. Yes. You can, you can shop for Target the... and have all those conveniences, but also give back. <laughs> And feel good about it. Oh, Holly, thank you. Thank you so much. What a what an honor it has been talking with you. I just I've loved this conversation. Um and, and I just know I just know that God is using it even as we speak for his purposes mm. because his purposes are for beauty and I don't know if you know this, but that is one of our core values is to seek beauty and truth everywhere it can be found because often it's found in the most unlikely places. I love that. So thank you so much for being a part of this really wonderful conversation today. And I do hope we can talk again because I'm not kidding. I want to hear more about these goats. Well, we have to do a farm animal show now. I mean, okay. let's talk about finding beauty in unusual places, right? All right. You're on. Game on. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. And it's just been so special to get to talk with you and I will never forget that thing about the plastic that your husband said. I mean, that's, I love that. I'm going to use that illustration with our ladies as well. Awesome. Awesome. I, I'll try to get you the actual technical language so that you'll articulate it better than I. But yes, thanks so much. <laughs> God bless you, Holly. You too. Thanks, Nancy. Okay. Thermal setting versus thermal forming. Something about becoming irreversibly rigid versus flexible under stress or something like that. And all you engineers out there, I know, I'm feeling your pain right now. But I still maintain there's a good analogy in there somewhere, even for us non-engineers. Strength that does not shatter in its rigidity. There's your takeaway. And while we're taking things away... May I remind you, now that holiday shopping season is here, that you can take away some beautiful offerings from SanctuaryProject.com. Well, you got to pay for them first. You can't just take them away. But what a great reason to support the healing and strengthening of beautiful women coming out of trafficking situations. And don't forget, you can also find Sanctuary Project jewelry on Target.com. Plenty of time for your holiday shopping, just saying. And of course, there's Holly's story too, from basement to sanctuary. What a great gift idea, the book and a lovely item to go with it. 100% of your purchase goes toward their mission. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, I would love for you to visit me on isleofmisfits.com and even subscribe because you know what? We are building a beautiful community of beautiful misfits across the land, owning our awkward, loving our fellow misfit, seeking beauty and truth everywhere. And we would be honored to have you.